Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated. The Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Welcome back, everyone, to Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. It's been a couple of weeks, but we're happy to be back in your eardrums once again uh, with an with an exciting show. It's been so long that I've had to talk, apparently, that I forgot how to do it, but uh, we are going to trudge through this. Uh, but uh, we are super excited to be back in studio, ready to have a lot of fun on Authenticated here today. And man, have we got some cool stuff in store for you today. Uh, including something for you NASCAR Authentics fans. I know uh, it's been a little while since we uh, had some NASCAR Authentics news, but uh, we are going to make some of you folks pretty happy, and we're going to give you a chance to win some cool diecast prizes surrounding that uh, later on in the show as well. So definitely you're going to want to stay tuned and stick around for the entirety of today's episode of Authenticated. Uh, my name is Matt Kenfield here at Lionel Racing, uh, coming to you from our studio at our world headquarters in concord north carolina and uh join in studio today michelle fannin thank you for uh coming back here with us it's been a few weeks but uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on in nascar these days for sure i don't even know where to start and thanks for having me back it's been a while i feel like so um almost not prepared for this i feel like it's been forever since we've talked matt well being unprepared is the what just how we roll like i mean we, we're just going to go for it. Yeah, we go off the cuff, and we might say some things that we shouldn't say, and it makes good uh, content, right? Yeah, that's what makes for good uh, podcasting, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Carlene Marginian also here with us, and uh, it was quite the uh, long ordeal over at uh, Nashville Super Speedway on Sunday, and you were manning that Twitter all night long, and, I mean, 180 characters, bang, 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 left and right. You were on top of things on Twitter that, on, during the race on Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that was way longer than I had anticipated it to be, but I had such a blast talking to everyone and seeing all of their die-cast crown jewels, so thank you guys for tagging along with me. That was a that was really cool to to come up with that and uh, through the course of the week here even some of our personal collections we're gonna kind of show our little holy grail diecast that we have in our collection so definitely stay tuned to Lionel Racing social social media uh, for that through the course of this week as we get ready for the Independence Day holiday and the race at Road America coming up this coming weekend but first we got a lot of stuff to talk about that happened in Nashville this past weekend up next not authenticated. wild weekend it was in nashville nashville super speedway which it's ironic they call it nashville super speedway when it's actually like 30 minutes outside of nashville it's, yeah. it, mm -hmm. but hey uh it's close enough it's close enough yes Still counts. <laughs> yeah uh, horseshoes and hand grenades right so uh <laughs> but 
part of me, you know, I make no bones about it being a short track guy. I'd much rather see the Cup Series over at Nashville Fairgrounds, you know, a little five You're not mile. alone there, Yeah, Matt. I mean, that is, that is a cool racetrack. SRX will be going there in a couple of weeks, so that'll be kind of fun to watch. But uh, uh, Nashville Super Speedway, uh, that concrete surface uh, certainly played right into Chase Elliott's wheelhouse down towards the end of the race there. But uh, a lot of things had to get, you know, had to shake out for Chase Elliott to even end up in the lead. And then also uh, take the checkered flag for his second win of 2022 in that Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. And uh, Mother Nature was not very kind to the NASCAR Cup Series in Nashville. And uh, it's it's one of those things. It's all about fan safety, right? Like, I think one of them, there was not a drop of rain, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. It was just lightning and thunder. So uh, to to clear the grandstands, it just makes sense. Um, But then the rain did come uh, at kind of a strange time in the race because as it was raining, they started the engines back up and it started misting again. And they were only a couple laps short of halfway. So that would have been a real bummer to end the race that way. Gosh, Mm -hmm. that would have been so early. But uh, in the end, though, Chase Elliott took the checkered flag and... I was kind of intrigued there with the caution came out with inside of 10 laps to go. I think nine laps to go. Some drivers, Kyle Busch, you know, the JGR cars all came to pit road chase and a handful of others stayed out. What was, as you guys were sitting on the couch watching that race on Sunday afternoon, what what was your thought? If you, if you play virtual crew chief in your head, as you were probably doing Sunday evening, couch uh, racer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Were you thinking that pitting there was the right call uh, or uh, did chase kind of have it? figured out when they stayed out well i have to make a confession i fell asleep like when i (laughs) was it was late i am a woman of a certain age and it was a work night yes and i stayed up as long as i could and i woke up and i was like how did chase elliott win this race because he wasn't gonna win at the point that i fell asleep so i had to do some you know online looking to see how that happened Mm -hmm. but you know good on that team to decide to stay out. That was mm-hmm. clearly the right call. I don't know if I would have made that call if I'd have been in his position because it's a gamble either way. Right. You know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But clearly, they made the right call. So good for him. I am not a woman of the same age, but of a certain <laughs> age myself. Um, Very politely put, Carlene. <laughs> I um, also fell asleep. Hey. Wow. Of, of all people, I'm the one who actually. <laughs> But in fairness, I didn't actually tune the race in until I thought it was over. You were late to the show. Yeah, I turned in at like 9 o'clock, and they were in a rain delay, and they were only halfway through the race. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, by the time I get uh, myself around the house, we can watch the end of the race. So that was kind of good. But, yeah, it's a tough call. And no matter what Chase did, you got to figure some of those cars behind him are going to do the complete opposite, right? Of course. So It's kind of how you play the game. Exactly. And, uh, you know, good to see Chase uh, get back to victory lane because he's had an uncharacteristic, I'd say, maybe month and a half or so. And he he even referenced that in victory lane that uh, none of the Hendrick Motorsports cars have been quite as strong as they were in the early part of the year. Correct. So, you know, I don't know maybe y'all have, have heard more than I have. I don't know if just the other teams have closed that gap a little bit to them um, or, uh, you know, if maybe they're kind of just kind of in the midsummer slump and, and, yeah. and it happens, you know, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it could be all of the above, I guess, too, right? Well, Toyotas were definitely the cars to beat, at least for the majority of the race that I right. saw. I mean, they were fast, they were furious, and it looked like they were going to dominate. So... I think that maybe Toyotas have it figured out. They 
clearly couldn't finish the race and made some bad calls there late at the end. But well, you had a Toyota in second with Kurt. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're still, one of them was up there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's all about how you finish though. Mm-hmm. So very true. Yeah. And it was interesting to see the JGR cars run so strong, kind of fade a little bit towards the end mm-hmm. and Martin and Kyle, excuse me, um, you know, all got kind of tangled up there on yeah. that last lap deal, a couple of cars tangled and, you know, um, I, I guess we'll talk about that elephant in the room at the the last lap there when Brad is limping. And, I mean, you can see him through the grass. The thing's, like, hopping along. It looked mm, like, you know, right. Lightning McQueen trying to get to the checkered flag, yeah. you know, on his flat tire. <laughs> All that he kinda, can do to get yeah. there. Uh, good call to not throw a yellow? Well, he didn't seem to be, from what I saw in the replay, because, right. again, I was asleep. Um, he didn't seem to be a danger to anybody, from what I could tell. On you know rewatching the final laps, mm-hmm. um, I know there's been a lot of criticism of NASCAR, which they're always going to get criticized for those calls that they make. It didn't seem like he was in anybody's way, and I think nobody wants to see another caution right. at, after such a long race. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, for me, it's kind of like the Ryan Blaney window net thing. Like, yeah. had something happened, had someone crashed, yeah. but I got hit, it would not have been pretty. Right. So sure. I'm kind of on the fence. That's a very good point about the the Ryan Blaney thing because in hindsight everything worked out just fine. You know mm-hmm. the the end result wasn't any different than it would have been had that whatever incident not happened. But there is that slight chance that something not good could have come. Yeah, you have a good point. Like you said, like if something had happened, we'd be having a different conversation Correct. right now. Yeah. Right. So. Um. So, but it, it lined up a a positive way for chase elliott of course and um because he struggled just so much in the last uh, couple of weeks is this kind of a sign that chase he's been the point leader for a long time it's kind of strange to think of a guy that's kind of been struggling yeah. a little bit still leading the points right mm-hmm. uh because he's been kind of nickel and diamond uh to to stay up there um is he the championship favorite at this point in the season no i don't okay. think so okay well who is that <laughs> I don't know that there is one. Right. Carly, you have a face like you're about to I don't know, shout out a name. Come on. I like kind of have really good feelings about Ross. I don't know why. Just the way he's been driving. He was up there in points. I think he was leading up until Chase just won. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just something about him. I've got good vibes. So there's my championship pick. <laughs> good for you. That's fair. And we will remind you as we get into October, November. That I that can't wait. It was uh, <laughs> June 28th, 2022. Martin, when Martinsville comes around, right? Yes. Oh, there we go. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and it was, we talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, inter-office the other day. Uh, you know, Ross has made some fans this year. And he's made some non-fans this year, and the NBC broadcast seemed to make him a little, you know, awkward. Yeah, uh, they went at him a little bit, yeah. I thought, in the rain delay, and maybe it's, they have a lot of time to fill. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely a hot topic of conversation, and yep. his aggressiveness on track, and not making friends in the garage, and it seemed a little uncomfortable, I thought. Yeah, it, like, it gave you secondhand awkwardness. Like, yeah. watching it, I was not a fan, and they were on him for so long, yeah. 10 out of 10, don't recommend. <laughs> right. But here's my thing. Okay, the guy's won a couple of races. He's run well. And, yeah, I mean, he's aggressive. Like, we mm-hmm. saw him in, in that race at Nashville. He just throwing it four wide and, you know, doing what he needs to do to put him his number one car in victory lane. 
And as far as I'm concerned, I like that because racers in, I'll, I'll say in this generation of racers, kind of in um, Ross's age, maybe a little bit older, you know, the post Dale Earnhardt generation, mm. everybody's friends, everybody goes plays golf, everybody, you know, yeah. or they all have their own personal jets and in their own free time, they're flying off to Turks and Caicos and they're going to Egypt or wherever it is that they're going. So they don't fraternize very much. They kind of do their own thing and it's so money driven. These drivers are paid very handsomely to do what they do that there's not a whole lot of driver versus driver animosity anymore. You know, people might get done wrong, but then you, you know, the next week they're playing golf. You see them on Instagram. It's not a real feud is what you're saying. These guys are not racing for their dinner like they used to, you Mm -hmm. know, back 60s, 70s, 80s. You know what I mean? These guys were racing hard and pissing each other off because if they, when Ryan Priest was here, he said, if he doesn't win, he doesn't make money. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the mentality I wish more drivers had because you have to go four wide every once in a while. You have to piss somebody off in order to try to get one or two more positions. If that makes that guy mad and he wants to wreck you, you live by, live by the sword and die by the sword, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I like that in Ross Chastain because he is solely focused on succeeding. He's, you know, if it's, I'm, I'm sure he's, paid well to do what he does you know anybody in the cup series is but he probably makes more money the better he finishes mm-hmm. and, you know they all do not so, well enough to go ahead and buy himself a little rv though right that's out of his no <laughs> but again he worked hard you know his mm-hmm. his family you know very blue collar you know with plenty of stories about his watermelon farms and things like that so um you know, he's smart with it. Maybe someday down the road, he will buy that jet and he will buy, you know, a, a ranch in Montana or something like that. But, you know, for right now, he's, he just wants to go in. Yeah. And uh, kudos for him. And I believe, and I'll get just one, let me yeah. finish that up and I'll get back to you, Michelle. If other drivers are upset with the way that Ross is racing and that Ross is winning because of that, go out and beat him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that solves all problems because if, he starts to struggle. Maybe he's going to have to reflect and say, wow, I should be doing X and X different than I'm doing right now. But right now, he's if he's not winning, he's competing for wins. There's a lot of guys that are pissed off at him that are not running near as good as he is. So step your game up before you worry about what he's doing. That's how I right. feel. So I think when Dale asked him the question about, you know, you're aggressive on track and all that, what are you going to do? Are you going to change anything about how you interact with drivers in the garage or outside of the garage? And I don't know exactly, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but to improve your relationships. Do you think in today's Cup Series, you have to have good relationships among drivers to succeed? I mean, do you think it's just a different sport today than it used to be? My my feeling is that it's so much of a business right now that drivers don't need to have good relationships with fellow drivers. Now, maybe your teammates, yeah, you probably should because on Monday or Tuesday, you're sitting yeah. in a boardroom kind of mm-hmm. like what we're doing right now, talking about what happened during the race and trying to make each other better. Um, but at the same time, you know, if there's a rival team that is running better than you are, you should look at them and get mad that they're running better. And, you know, I know that it's not that there's a lack of effort and the crew guys aren't trying right. to turn, trying to make their cars better. Um, but it should make you mad when somebody beats you, you know, it, 
I don't care what sport it is. If, you know, everybody hated Tom Brady because he won all those Super Bowls. Well, you know what? That should, that made, you, you know, he played for the Patriots forever, but that made the Bills get better. That made the Dolphins get better over the last few yeah. years. You know, mm-hmm. all those other teams were getting tired of Tom Brady kicking their ass every year. So they had to, you know, bolster their roster. And now it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, you look at the Red Sox and the Yankees and the AL East and the baseball, you know, all those teams are so much better because those teams were so good for so long that they got tired of getting their butts kicked every year. So it's the same thing with NASCAR. I mean, I don't feel like you, that is just my opinion. I don't feel like you need to have, like I said, you don't need to fraternize with your fellow competitors Mm -hmm. all the time. You should look at them as that guy's taking money off of my plate when he beats me. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I'm thinking of too, talking about like team aspect with Daniel and Ross, you almost have, like, good cop, bad cop. You do. And so, like, if you're not a fan of one, you're a fan of the other. And that is, like, just making track house blow up in and of itself. And they're all about one team. And they're doing such a great job at that. Right. Well, and what's interesting is you always hear, no matter whether it's Fox, NBC, whatever journalist it is in print, mm-hmm. no one expected track house to come out and do so well this early. Nobody expected it. Nobody saw it coming. So they're doing something right, right. over there. Yeah. And that has to be a credit not to just Justin Marks and the behind-the-scenes team they have there, but the drivers they put on track as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think for all of those guys at Trackhouse, you know, because obviously Trackhouse had their own operation uh, with that 99 car, and then when they kind of absorbed what had been Chip Ganassi Racing, they brought in a lot of people too. Um, and, and I think just having a new, fresh face in your roster you know in your stable can bring a lot of good things to a race team you know especially when the team hasn't been racing overly well you know chip ganassi racing you know after kyle larson left that team um for the circumstances that he left we we won't get into that but when it was just kurt bush you know kurt is a fiery guy and you know he can ruffle some feathers great race car driver but you look at a guy like Kurt Busch versus a guy like Daniel Suarez, they're totally complete mm-hmm. polar opposite, exactly. you know, personalities and things like that. And then Ross is, you know, given the day, Ross can be on either side of it, right? Yep. <laughs> he, he, he fluctuates depending. Um, but just having that new breath of, you know, fresh air um, into a shop can really breathe some life into the, into the guys in the shop too. True. So I think that helps. And, you know, talking about like the team atmosphere, you think of, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, all of those guys are pretty, they're very competitive, but they're all pretty low key, right? You, you, Chase has gotten into a couple pushing matches with guys, but overall he's not that fiery of a guy. Mm-hmm. Bowman, again, same thing, got in a couple incidents, but he's not, he's not out there MF and everybody that he sees, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and Larson's the same way and, and all this, um, and, and Byron certainly isn't either. They're all competitive, but then you look at what a team meeting at Joe Gibbs Racing must be like. I would love to be a flying it's a whole other level, you know, because <laughs> you got Kyle Busch, who, when I said, you know, he was very vocal and has been about how he feels about this new car. Mm-hmm. Not a fan, right? Um, and then if you bring in the twenty three eleven guys, you had Bubba Wallace out there basically cussing at his crew chief, and you know, and rightfully so. There was a lot of stuff on Twitter about you know, should he really be saying that? Yeah, he should. Because that's a half dozen times, I think, this year that his team has cost him a strong finish. Mm-hmm. He ended up finishing well. You know, he fought back. Um, but something's got to change there for Bubba. Yeah, they're not helping him. No, not mm-hmm. one bit. Um, 
So, uh, like I said, if, if you bring those 2311 guys in with the JGR drivers, I would love to be a fly on the wall these days, just, <laughs> you know, especially after this ra- this last race where they all ran really strong and none of them ended up in victory lane. They, yeah, they didn't have anything to show for it. Right. Um, so, we, we talked about JGR. Uh, the big news out of that stable this past week was Martin Truex Jr. announcing that he's coming back for 2023. Um, you guys surprised by that? Mm. I thought it could go either way, yeah. honestly. Um, I'm not surprised he's staying another year, but it, he could have easily said, oh, I'm done. Right. I think, you know, obviously the next shoe to drop is Kyle Busch. Where does he go? That'll be a, you know, and I mean, that could go either way as well, I think. I was surprised that Martin said he was coming back. With the way that this year is going, and he's been pretty just quiet in general, I didn't almost see a reason for him to kind of, you know, go out not so much on top, but you're not on the bottom either. So I'm extremely curious how next year will go. I think there's going to be a lot of open seats following the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know some things that are happening in 2022 that Almirola is leaving the 10 car. Yep. Don't know officially who's going to be in that car. There's lots of rumors of who it could be, but you know, that will not be the only higher profile ride that I feel like is going to need to be filled for 2023. Yeah. Right. And then after 2023, there's even more doors opening for, you know, you don't know what Kevin Harvick's long-term future is. You don't know what, you know, a lot of these guys, where their future is going to be. We know that, you know, a guy like Harvick's already dabbled in the TV and things like that. There's certainly opportunities for him post driving career. Uh, It's just a matter of how that shakes out. Um, Even with Kurt Busch, he's made a comment about how he's only here for another two years. Right. Sure. So there's another with 2311 that could be, a really great opportunity for somebody if the right person gets in that car. Yeah, and Kurt Busch is also, I think, excellent on TV. Oh, yeah, as yeah. A, he is um, great. A color provider. Yeah. So, um, right. you know, things could shift quite a bit, as you said, Matt. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of those open seats, and I, I believe this with the Martin Truex uh, situation, he's coming back in 2023 because they've already announced that Ty Gibbs yes. is going to be back in Xfinity for 2023. Mm-hmm. If with another full season, maybe a championship between this year and next year in, in the Xfinity Series, he'll probably be ready for Cup, and he's going to race for Grandfather's team. There's no, there's right. no, there's no question yeah, of what I his future is going to be. I can't imagine him going anywhere else. Right. Now. There's no question where his future will be. Um, but at the same time, if they didn't feel like he was ready for the Cup Series yet, who else would fill that seat right now? And you know, for just a year, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a whole lot of. There could be some guys in the Xfinity series, you know, with the right amount of money or whatever it is that could go do that, you know, thinking like Daniel Hemrick did at RCR a couple of years ago, kind of just ran that one year, and that's that was a right. shot, you know, in the, in the Cup Series in that eight car before Reddick came along. You know, you kind of know that there's somebody coming to take your ride. How does that work out? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think unless there's a clear path to some young driver filling some of these seats, then... I can see some of these guys sticking around maybe a little bit longer um, until that right opportunity comes around. You think of Stuart Haas. Okay, the 10 car is going to be open. Let's just say hypothetically the four car came open as well. We've talked about Priest and how he could very right. easily fill one of those two rides. Okay, but, but then where's the other one? Riley Herbst is their Xfinity Series driver. I don't think he's ready for Cup yet because he's not winning Xfinity races and pretty strong equipment. Um, so, you know, who would be the next in line? So, well, and then you have Dale Earnhardt Jr. saying they want to go cup racing over at JRM. Right. So mm-hmm. you have 
additional seats, one or two potentially coming available there. So yeah, and and there's more dominoes that would need to fall too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we've seen a lot of those teams. You think of the money team and some of the ones that have come and kind of run part time, and right. you know the Hesemans team, and there, there's a bunch of them that all came in, made big announcements that they were going to run some races. Some of them have kind of faded away and some of them still compete as they're able to and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another one or two teams that come out of the woodworks, you know, Mm -hmm. and and run part-time that could make a bit of a splash. And, you know, certainly with that third track house team that they're going to run that project 91 with some of the international drivers, and that's going to add some interesting flair. And um, could that be an opportunity for track house to expand to a full-time third team uh, down the road, whether it's an international superstar driver or, not or not right you know that could be kind of getting their feet wet to make sure that they have all the dominoes in place or all the pieces in place to make that happen uh but going back to nashville chase elliott's second win of the year you want to order that race win die cast because kudos to the nashville super speedway folks they haven't shot confetti off they didn't do it last year but they did it this year it's all that purple ally confetti too like purple and white cool yeah it is yeah so, Carlina, I want to circle back about confetti. We had a little <laughs> poll on our social media because uh, one of our track partner friends uh, came to us and said, hey, do people really like confetti on their race wind die cast? Because it, I'll, I'll just say it, it was a track that doesn't typically shoot off confetti. So we were kind of nudging them like, hey, maybe if you want to shoot off confetti, you can make cars look cool. <laughs> um, so they're like, do people really notice a difference? Carlene, as the social media coordinator, what was the what was the response that you saw about the uh, confetti on race wins? Well, we ran across both Twitter and Instagram. So we got, you know, different people or the same people voting. Well, who's to tell? Right. But it was a very, very strong yes for the confetti to the point where when we offered the Chase Elliott car yesterday, people were messaging us like, please tell us you're putting the confetti on this car. Right. Yeah, it was. It has quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that just to put people at ease, it was simply for informational purposes only. You know, it was not on the table. Now, if it was like, it ended up being like three quarters of, you know, 75% of the people said that they want confetti on Mm -hmm. it, which, you know, is, is pretty good. If it had been the other way. Maybe there'd be some additional discussions to be had internally, but you know, we know that people like it and you know, I mean, not everybody likes McDonald's cheeseburgers, but they're not going to stop serving cheeseburgers at McDonald's. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not everything is for everybody, but when three quarters of your collectors say that they want it, then that's what we're going to keep doing. Especially with all the tracks and all that are doing different shaped confetti. So it's not just like your generic rectangles. You've got shopping carts and stars and Texas shaped, like different colors. Yeah. It adds such a cool detail to the car. Yep. It does. And that race win diecast, stay tuned to our social media feed because we've got some reference photos that we'll be posting uh, there to show what, how much confetti ended up on that number nine Napa Auto Parts car. Uh, that will be uh, a really cool race win diecast to add to your collection. So definitely get that order in now at lionelracing.com. Call our friendly call center agents at 1-800-952-0708 or check out other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. On the NASCAR Xfinity Series side, what a dominating performance for Justin Allgaier in that number seven Hellman's mayonnaise, uh, Chevrolet Camaro, hot mayonnaise is, I think, the oh. direction that you went on social media, Carly. That just Carleen. sounds gross. I know. <laughs> See, my wife will have, like, tuna toasted. And oh, heck yeah. Like a tuna melt. See, I can't do that. Oh, gosh, like, yes. 
just anything with mayonnaise. I, I, I don't eat mayonnaise, period. But well, def- then it's not for you. Clearly. No, yeah. but the fact Your of anything. But if you're going to eat mayonnaise, Hellman's is the way to go. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, well, it, I'm not going to lie. I kind of got my idea from Junior Motorsports yeah. Social, where okay. they did the video of them throwing out an unnamed mayo, but yes. they like went into the <laughs> fridge to throw it out. And I was like, people were dying of heat exhaustion yeah. on Saturday. Mayo goes in the fridge. Hot mayo. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and if somebody at JRM had a jar of that unnamed mayonnaise in the team, you know, break room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that person probably doesn't have a job anymore. Shame. Because I would that, think so. Yeah, yeah. That, that can't happen. So, um, but uh, super duper hot. And you could see drivers left and right after that race just Honestly, miserable. with, you know, Justin's dominating performance, the post-race yeah. was almost more exciting than the right. race. And I hate to say that because people were suffering and then you shouldn't really take any you know, no, no, no. pleasure in that. But, you know, you're but. seeing people like fall out and get carted off. To, and I'm like, oh my God, I hope they're okay. That, I mean, miserable, yeah. miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Midsummer afternoon race in Nashville um, might not be the healthiest thing. Well, we'll just they put should it turn that it into a night race. It really mm-hmm. should, especially when the other two races through the course of the weekend are night races. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the well, cup race was meant to be. Right, but it was a late start. Mm-hmm. And I know there's all kinds of chatter on social media about the race started too late and everything like that. Well, that's easy to say when you're sitting in your the air conditioning. drivers were probably happy about that. When, mm-hmm. when you're sitting in the air conditioning at home, that's super easy to say. But when you're a fan that's out there and, you know, there was some... Lots of chatter about, you know, what you can bring into the track as far as drinks and coolers and what you couldn't bring and things like that. But the track did, you know, offer up opportunities to get water and and stay hydrated and all that stuff. Um, But still, that's got to be pretty miserable to sit in the grandstands when it's 100 degrees, you know, on aluminum bleachers and things like that. Not for me. Yeah. Does not appeal. Being in the car. I mean, they were saying it was like 140 degrees or some craziness during the Xfinity race. I mean... Yeah. No wonder they were all right. Out. I get in my car here and it says like a hundred on the dash. I'm like, this is awful. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> Windows and the, down air. Yeah, and then you put you know two minutes later and your air conditioning kicks in, you're mm-hmm. you're you're in heaven again, right? <laughs> um, but it was, it, it might not hurt to to in that case at least, it's having a late start time isn't terrible um with the weather delays it did go late and there was a great baseball game on espn it was game six uh, of cup. the stanley cup mm-hmm. final and everything like that so it ended up being kind of a tough you know ratings draw and as we're recording this they haven't announced the ratings just yet by the time you hear this they probably will have but uh switching the usa network probably doesn't you know, certainly doesn't help uh ratings numbers and everything like that but um i will say uh, that i was impressed and pleased with the presentation of the race on NBC. Um, they've seen, I learned something. I've been around the sport for a long yeah. time today, mm-hmm. and I've seen through the course of this season a lot of talk about the next-gen car and what's different about it. But I never really understood why so many drivers or cars were losing wheels like they were. That whole presentation on how you change right. the tire with the single lug and how that works, that was so interesting, like you said. I right. mean, that explained that yeah. very well. Steve Letarte did an excellent job on that. The fact that we've gone, I think, 17 races into the season, and I've just learned that there's, you know, pins and yeah. things like that okay. that need to align. I thought it, it, just looking at it, it's just something that goes onto one axle, right. you throw the lug on, and you're done. Yeah, it's not that simple. <laughs> right, yeah. it's, it's really not. So I, w- I was pleased to be able to watch it and feel like I was getting something out of it other than just 
being entertained, I guess is the mm-hmm. best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was educational, which is... Right. Which, which I is think cute. part of their job. Right. Absolutely. It, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, so kudos to NBC for uh, kind of presenting things in a, in a different way than they had been in the first half of the season. And, uh, and, that, and that's no discredit to Fox. It's just a different presentation that you know, uh, appealed to, you know, other people differently and everybody can choose which one you like better or no matter what, as long as the racing's good, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. If the racing's good, you're going to be watching anyway. Um, so that race win for uh, Justin Allgaier at Nashville in that Hellman's ride is available as well. We also have an autograph version, so uh, you definitely want to pick that up. There's a cool scrape on the side of that Justin car, yeah. too. Like, there's some neat damage. For all he dominated, there's some damage on that car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. We'll be throwing those reference photos up on our social media feeds as well. So definitely keep an eye on that. And uh, uh, fully subscribing to the fact that uh, you show up unauthenticated, you end up in victory lane because uh, it happened to Noah Gregson earlier. It happened to Ryan Priest. Uh, winning the truck series race for the second straight year in nashville so uh that's all it takes you know any driver listening to this if you want to win <laughs> come chat with this us for is a while. the key right yes. wasn't chris busher he like got yes. a top five finish or yes. something yes. Yeah. yep yep uh authenticated at two tenths to your lap time or <laughs> subtracts two tenths from your lap time so experts agree that's right and it's been proven and will continue uh but all the race win diecast from this past weekend available at lionelracing.com. Definitely check those out. And uh, we've got a lot more cool diecast available for you. And we will go through a whole long list of them right up next on Authenticated. All kinds of new cars and trucks available for order at lionelracing.com. To bring them to you now, here's Carlene with this week's Fresh Paint. That's me. Welcome back to Fresh Paint, everyone. Um, while we didn't have races two weekends ago, we had one three weekends ago. So we've still got those race wins from the Sonoma race. You've got your Daniel Suarez, number 99, Onyx Holmes Sonoma race win. Um, his first win, already really special. But just, you know, the meaning behind it, how hard him and Trackhouse have been working. Um, that number 99 looked great in victory lane. So go ahead and check that one out. Get that added to your collection pre-order list. We also have the Kyle Busch number 51 Yahoo Toyota Tundra Sonoma race win, that all purple Yahoo truck that the Toyotas are all working with, that purple look absolutely stands out. Very good looking truck. Also, who doesn't love Rowdy? Uh, We also have the Alex Bowman number 48 Ally Nashville car that has the really cool design story with Dale Jr. It's got the painted side skirts. Who saw that coming? Not me. Plenty of people did. (laughs) After he alluded to it in February, making a very big point that it looks better with painted side skirts. So definitely check that one out as well. It's got the really bright neon Nashville look. They put the guitar into the design. Super, super awesome looking car. You've also got the Martin Truex Jr. number 19 Bass Pro Shop salutes Toyota Camry that he ran at the Coke 600. You have the Kevin Harvick number four Bush Light Apple Ford Mustang. Bush did say that this is the last year for Bush Light Apple. Does that mean it's the last year for Bush Light Apple die casts and paint schemes per chance? Definitely go get that one for your guys' collection with the moved up four. You know it's going to be a little different from the last couple years. Get that one added for sure. The Christopher Bell number 20 Yahoo Toyota Camry that he ran at Martinsville. Again, that all-purple Yahoo look that Toyota is going with. The Kyle Larson number 17 HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Camaro that he ran in Xfinity. The Matt Benedetto number 25 Rackley Roofing Chevrolet Silverado. Y'all just about rioted on social media for this truck. So if it doesn't make it, I've got some strong words with one of you or all of you. I was going to say a bunch of you. <laughs> Not just one. 
Because if everybody that said that they wanted that truck orders it, I mean, it'll be it'll blow the sales number out of the water. Yeah, so we should it, make MOQ easy for sure. Top so, selling diecast question mark? Yeah, <laughs> all, all of all of you folks that have said, "Hey, we want the Benedetto diecast," and they've been saying it all season long. Here's your opportunity. So uh, make it happen if you if you really want it that bad. Make it happen. And just like Rackley said on social yesterday evening, well chance a couple evenings ago now um but yesterday as from when we are recording it will have all those truck series stickers on it where there's kind of like a blank spot in the art right now so don't let that deter you it will look just as it does on the track and also we've got the brendan pool number 47 american scroll chevrolet camaro it's got a really awesome swirl design on it i know the team is really excited about this one being offered we kind of went back and forth on social being really pumped for each other um so check that one out get that one added that's going to be a really original die cast to add to any collection we also have the nascar hall of fame die cast fan vote which we've got a little bit of history behind as well we work with the nascar hall of fame every year their um, marketing team um, on their cast your vote promotions. So for the 2023 NASCAR Hall of Fame die cast in May, they put out three different designs. And one of our die cast artists, Kevin Bloom, designed all three of those cars with the help and input from the NASCAR Hall of Fame folks. And the winning design was the white car that has Matt Kenseth's name, Herschel McGriff's name, and Kirk Shelmerdine's name on it. And um, that car is available for pre-order. So that was the car that won the fan vote. And that is their official 2023 diecast so get out there and order that one that's a cool looking car and um our, one of our artists kevin designed it so we really like it as well quite proud of that one and that all white or the white and like the lighter blue yeah. it's absolutely beautiful it really really pops um all of these diecasts and more are available at lionelracing.com you can also call our customer care team they're always wanting to talk to you guys and hear from y'all you can call them at 1-800-952-0708 and you can also contact our other authorized lionel racing dealers for those pre-orders too and just in case y'all missed this or miss our twitter or our facebook or wherever we post it you can also check out our instagram story for all of the upcoming fresh paint Good stuff. De- definitely get those orders in before it's too late and uh, add a bunch of those die casts to your collection. And uh, we've got, we want to update you folks on uh, a little bit of things that have been going on uh, now that we've kind of hit the almost the halfway point of, of the calendar year and certainly uh, the NASCAR season as well. Uh, uh, just kind of catch you up on a few different things and we'll do that up next. And we'll also give you some NASCAR Authentics news. I know you've been waiting patiently so far through this show to this point, and uh, we're going to keep you waiting just a little bit longer, but uh, we're going to give you some other cool stuff to listen to before we even get to it. But you NASCAR Authentics fans, stick around just a couple more minutes. Uh, we got some news for you, as well as uh, diecast collectors of all types coming up next on Authenticated. So we wanted to call this next segment on Authenticated the Midsummer Update, but Carlene's going to call it What's Poppin'. So since, What's Poppin' with Lionel Racing? That's right. Since she is clearly hip and <laughs> yeah. thought of that and I did not, then uh, we're going to roll with it. So maybe this this could actually be a thing, I guess, too, right? Like this could be What's Poppin' becomes like a regular... I'll yeah. credit to Carlene. Yes. yes. I want a little TM at the top. Well... <laughs> Don't don't worry. I mean, if it, if it does become a thing, it's going to be your thing. So oh, you know, I've got to like do the what like the updates. I, I told you weeks your ago. Your ideas become your job. Yes, I've told you. If there's ever anything you don't want to do, don't bring it up. That's right. I mean, that's rule a, number one of the workplace. Yes. <laughs> 
if you speak it, you will do it. So, uh, but no, this is going to be a good opportunity for us to kind of give you folks a, a little bit of a look at some of the things that have been going on. Answer some, you know, we've answered questions all the time on social media, like, hey, when's this car coming in? Or why is this taking, you know, a little bit longer than the other car that came at the same time last year? You know, there's always those different kinds of questions and there's always lots of different moving pieces to why some of these things happen. Uh, we want to give you uh, a little bit of insight into that, uh, recap a couple of things that have come through our office in the last few weeks, and uh, also look forward to uh, some of the cool new diecast and new programs and new things that are going to be happening uh, through the course of uh, the next few weeks and months. So uh, first thing that we want to tackle, and, and it's been great news for, for you diecast collectors, uh, the fact that uh, the next-gen cars, the 2022 Cup cars, are starting to show up trackside. Uh, yeah, it just happened at uh, the first time that they were on a souvenir rig was at um, Gateway a couple of year, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Worldwide Technology Raceway to be proper. To be updated. Yes, exactly. Um, but kudos to uh, our trackside partners, E2 Apparel, for uh, getting planes fired up and getting some product uh, from the factory, uh, from us basically to them trackside um, as quick as could possibly be um and those cars are pretty well received i think we've all seen a lot of feedback and uh we we've seen some of you lucky folks that bought them uh over the last couple of weeks and how you're throwing them on ebay for ridiculous prices um <laughs> but uh hey the fact that cars are trackside right now uh is a good thing it is a good thing and like you were saying i mean e2 is one of our customers obviously um one of our best customers and if they miss races, they miss sales opportunities. Right. So it's not like a dealer or an online seller that can sell throughout the year in the off season and can make up some of those sales. If, when they miss a race, they miss the sale. So all of our distributors and um, wholesale customers have the opportunity to air product in, and E2 takes advantage of that. And it is more expensive. You have to pay for right. air freight. But if they miss a race they miss that sales opportunity. So it's very important for them to have die cast at track mm -hmm. during a race and not to miss any more races than they absolutely have to. So they done a good job at projecting air freight quantities to tie them over to when the boat arrives with the, re the rest of what they've ordered. Mm -hmm. And they have sold like crazy. I mean, what we're hearing is that the 2022 cars are selling very, very well at, you know, for what they've ordered so far right. at the races where they've been available. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, E2 and other trackside partners had been selling, you know, 2021 diecast right. and other things, and we were pleasantly, you know, we, it was great to hear those reports. Uh, our Joelle Lapsley kind of manages a lot of those accounts, uh, you know, our trackside accounts, and she's been keeping us posted, and, and even before we got the next-gen cars on the rigs, that even some of the older diecast was selling really well. So there's, right. you know, there is a thirst and a hunger for diecast in general, which, which is, you know, awesome for us because, you know, that's what we do. Uh, but the, the fans want diecast and it's great that we have such great trackside partners. Um, cause there's been, you know, certainly with COVID over the last couple of years, there haven't been the opportunities over the last two years, basically to get trackside diecast like there is now. So, you know, a lot of these companies are, excited to sell die cast and t-shirts and hats and trinkets and all that stuff. They're excited to sell anything that they can because they went a while without being able to do it. Right. So exactly. And it's great that, you know, the more fans that are at track, I mean, they've had a lot of sellouts this year at track that only amplifies sales of everything at track and die cast is certainly top of the list. We saw it at Daytona. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were major lines 
oh, at yeah. track. I mean, for the Xfinity Series race and definitely on Cup Day, they had an incredible Daytona 500 too. And, and I think our first taste of that was in Los Angeles at the Coliseum because yes. I think we, you know we were all watching that race, and I think that Monday morning we all talked about it how they showed like a drone shot or an aerial shot of the souvenir rigs that they had out in Los Angeles. Now that's a new market, you know, a lot of fans that you know don't typically go to the other 36 races out of the year that were at that race. But we were like, holy smokes, there's a ton of people trying to buy stuff. Well, and we heard from a member of the NASCAR licensing team that they got a call that morning because the lines for the merchandise haulers were impeding the walkways (laughs) for the fans into the track, which is great problem to have. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all, all good news this year. And we started something uh, just last week. We're going to work uh, hand-in-hand with those trackside partners to find out which die-cast they are getting um, on the rigs each week. You know, at some point, that's going to kind of plateau, and everybody's going to have everything that they want, so we won't be doing this. But, Carlene, we, we kind of started that thing where we showed some of the new cars that are going to be coming up at the track this weekend, and people seem to really dig that last week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just from that post alone, we had a lot of people messaging us, you know, about please do this all the time all, across all three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, asking if other cars were going to be there. Um, and for things that we didn't know, or, or specifically I didn't know, E2 actually did a really great job of, of jumping in and yeah. responding to some of those tweets. Um, but people absolutely loved it and seeing what's coming up next. And, you know, will they be here? Will they be at this track? Um, it's every single time there's a trackside moment or weekend, I guess, uh, our social absolutely blows up with photos of the cars, people excited about it, talking about it. It's really, really fun to participate in. Yeah, it, and we had kind of been under the impression that cars were going to be coming very soon but you know when cars showed up at gateway we were like sweet they they made it there because it was going to be kind of hairy like it was was, like they literally unboxed them the day that you know the racing started yep so it it, it was going to be kind of close but uh thankfully it happened and and a lot of people were digging those cars and uh there's more to come obviously um in the next few races through this summer stretch Uh, So definitely stay tuned to our social media feeds for some of the uh, new cars that you can get if you're coming to one of these next few races on the Cup Series circuit. I also want to talk a little bit, kind of along those lines that, uh, you know, and Michelle, I'm going to kind of defer to you, but uh, we're seeing, obviously, with COVID and transportation costs and, and, you know, things... We talk about it all the time. You get bananas at the store, your gas, everything's more expensive. There's not a single thing that you're buying right now that you're not paying more for than you did a year or two ago. And and that extends to the boats and the planes and the boxes and the containers and stuff like that that we have to bring in too. There's everything. it's, It's always a fluid situation, but we're seeing better news, I guess you can say. I don't know if we're to the point where we're seeing good news yet, but we're seeing better news than we've seen over the last little bit. Yeah, one of the things that we're seeing that is a positive is um, better shipping times by boat. Mm. So with COVID and, you know, the container shortage that we saw last year and the beginning of this year, we were at about 65 days from port in Hong Kong Mm. overseas to here. That's now running about 45 days. So that's the gain of several weeks, which is great. So it's a shorter shipping time. Um, We think that's going to continue. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's good news for all of us. So we're also seeing um, what we hope is a little bit of cost going down, but we don't know if that's going to continue or not as we move into the fourth quarter. There's a lot of things happening with fuel costs going up and everything. So, um, you know, the economy is a little bit volatile right now. So, um, yeah, I'm sure everybody's seen in the news, you know, recession fears and all that stuff. So we just have to keep our eye on that. Um, 
but with shipping times going down, that's a pot. That's a real positive for right. us. And, and I hope fans uh, understand that it, it's not just a Lionel Racing diecast problem. You know, right. it, no, mm-hmm. like I said, whatever you're buying, you're paying more for it, and it's probably you're, you're seeing less things on the shelf and things like that. Um, you know, we have kept our costs the same through this whole 2022, you know, everything that's been going on so far this year. So uh, we're, we're fighting through it just like everybody else is doing the best we can. So we're going to keep fighting through it um, as we go. But there, are, there is, you know, that, that light is at the end of the tunnel is getting a little bit brighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll take positive news that we can get. And yes. the shipping timelines is definitely a positive. Yep, absolutely. And uh, uh want to talk a little bit about uh, the current diecast that we've had. We've uh, obviously with those, uh, the ARC 124 scale cars that uh, you're seeing trackside and uh, got a lot of cool uh, elites on their way too. I know a bunch of people are elite diecast uh, collectors. And as you probably saw in the catalog uh, that went out, and if you didn't get the catalog, catalog there's a digital version available uh on our website if you go to lionelracing.com there's a catalog link right there you can see a digital version of our catalog uh with a bunch of new cars and as well as some uh, up close shots of the 2022 next gen elite die cast that has the removable base plate that you can see all the undercarriage detail uh kudos to everybody involved in the planning of that because uh while the consumers haven't seen the elites yet we have they're nice they are and you know the thing that was tricky one of the things that was tricky with the next gen car is you know the underside or you know with the diffuser Mm -hmm. plates or whatever you want to call the chassis plate right under the actual race car is flat there's not a whole lot of detail right so when you're replicating it that is what it is right right? so how do you give someone who buys an elite die cast detail yep chassis detail and make it look like the actual car. Right. So to make that removable was something that we all talked about. So we can you can still make it look like the actual race car, but you remove that plate and you see the undercarriage details. Right. So that's something different. Um, we hope that when you get your Elite die cast that you really like it and you can see um, that it gives a little bit more value to buying an Elite. Yeah. And, and, and it's heavy. It, it, it is it, heavy. It feels everything that an Elite die cast should be. So, um, and, and I'm going to... I'm going to call out some dingleberry on our Lionel Racing RCCA forum that, uh, um, you know, showed the underside of a die cast and was like, how, you know, this, it's just a flat piece. And then somebody showed, I think it was Chris Busher's car when it was upside down. Yeah. On, and, They're and how flat. It's just a flat piece. Yeah. If, I mean, like, I don't know what, if we did anything different, it wouldn't look realistic. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what are we supposed to do with that? So, uh, but if you are looking for exhaust pipes and suspension details and stuff like that, get an elite die cast. And when you take that, that uh right. you know removal base plate off uh, then you can uh you can see all that stuff so uh, if you're real gearhead and you want to see all that stuff that there's your opportunity to do it um and also if you display your die cast upside down good on you there I guess. may be somebody that does uh, hey, if then, it's a race version you want it as accurate as possible i was gonna say if you, if you want to <laughs> yeah. make that chris busher you know ver, uh, race car? yeah, yeah. A, a race version then yeah <laughs> then have at it bud that's that's all you good for you but uh, one of the other exciting things that we did just a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think we've done a podcast since we did the poker run uh, mm-hmm. over at the Coke 600 weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We teased it a little bit going into that week, and, uh, man, we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, fans from all over the globe. Um, I think we even had uh, someone from Brazil that won one of the yeah, prizes. one of our so, prize winners was from Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, when we say that it was winners and participants from all over the globe, we're not – 
just blowing smoke. That was legit. Um, but uh, had almost 100 uh, hands turned in, poker hands turned in, which tells us we had multiple times that of people that were participating because not everybody, all the hands that were turned in were decent to really good poker hands. Yeah, they you know, actually qualified as a poker hand. Right. There there wasn't, there were no, of those almost 100, there were none that were just random, five random cards submitted for the <laughs> heck of it. So, um, uh, we had 15 prizes overall donated by our partner teams um, and really cool prizes. Uh, had a lot of fun with it because there was a lot of people that were interested in it. And I know all three of us in this room and a couple other on our team um, went to some of these shops and just kind of oversaw and just kind of see, you know, what's going good. What can we do better for the next time and all that stuff. And everybody was having such a great time with it. So, and I know, Carlene, I know you went to RFK, I believe that mm-hmm. day. And then what, what was the feedback there that you've, uh, that you saw there? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Even the people who were working uh, in the shop at mm-hmm. RFK were like loving being able to participate in just like handing out the cards and the excitement, like interacting with the fans. So it was just an all around really great experience for so many people. And it was super fun for me just to casually stand there like a creep and take right. photos of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was really fun to just kind of like be in this big moment with everyone. Cause I was also at the Lionel store a couple of the yeah. days and, and they were all having a great time too, figuring out their poker hands and laying everything out with yeah. their family and friends and, and seeing what to turn in. It was a madhouse at our retail store it that was. final Gosh. day. I mean, people were turning in hands like literally to the last second. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I went, I walked up to the registers to tell our, our team at the store that, Hey, we're cutting it off. And guys, one guy's running through, he's got his head up in his hand. I was like, "Ah, all right, you're good. I didn't officially say, you know, put the gavel (laughs) down like the judge would do. Right. And say that's time. But, um, he didn't have a good enough hand to win. So it's not like anybody missed their prize because that guy was just on the fringe. I feel so well versed in the poker hands now. Oh, we're good. Let's go to Vegas. Come on. (laughs) Totally. I mean, we, we now know what beats what, what (laughs) we're good. I mean, I've. I knew him pretty well before, but now I've got it. Right. Well, I think we got to give kudos to John Strizzi our oh, sale, from our sales team. He's an expert. Because, I mean, he was there. I was like, oh, you know, he, he looked at the cards like, yep, that's a good one. That, that's that. That's yeah. that. And, and like, we did Man. have an official printed, in case anyone's wondering, yes. sheet. Yeah. But yes. we weren't relying on our own. Oh, what our own handbook. What? Yeah. yeah. But we had an official sheet. But still... We, we're ready for Vegas, totally. Yes, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. We will be doing that again next year, uh, or at some point down the road. We'll, we're still trying to figure out when the right time to do, to do it will be, uh, but we will be doing that project again. So if you missed the poker run this year, and, and yes, we saw a lot of people, oh, you should do it at this track, do it at this track. Well, all the teams are here in the Charlotte area. Our headquarters are in the Charlotte right. area. Our retail store is in the Charlotte area. That's why we do it in the Charlotte area. It's so, not going to work anywhere else. It, right. It, it just won't. Now, mm-hmm. not to say that maybe down the road, we can maybe work with our trackside partners to do something similar or something like that. There's always ideas spinning, and that's kind of what ends up happening. We just start shouting across the hallway to each other, like, what do you think about this idea? No, it's dumb. That's a good idea. Let's go do that. Um, so... There's always projects uh, that we can maybe do, but uh, expect that poker run to uh, come back again down the road and uh, be right here in the Charlotte area, uh, probably around a Charlotte Cup Series race. So uh, it, that will be a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who participated, and thank you, of course, to uh, Richard Childress Racing, Stuart Haas Racing, Junior Motorsports, RFK Racing. Uh, 
Penske. And Team Penske, thank you. <laughs> I knew I was going to forget one uh, for participating in that with us. And we've met with all of those teams to kind of debrief and all of them were super pumped up and all on board again to do yeah. it uh, the next time we do it, which is, you know, kind of what we wanted. You know, yeah, we, we and it helps awesome. to have such good partners like they are. So, And, and, and a lot of them saw a big increase in not to say it was because of the poker run, but they had really good weekends around Absolutely. the Coke 600 oh, yeah. too. So uh, great to see the fans come back to the Charlotte area. Uh, wish it could be two weekends like it used to be for the all-star race in the Coke 600, but uh, getting fans back into Charlotte to uh, um, you visit some of these race shops, visit our Lionel store at Concord Mills and uh, kind of do the tour around town. Uh, great to see. So that leads us up to you NASCAR Authentics fans. Uh, you've been waiting all show long, I know, to kind of hear what we've got in store. Uh, we released Wave 1, which was, of course, a bunch of 2021 race wins uh, not too long ago, maybe about a month ago or so. So after, I don't know, usually about four hours of releasing one wave, you folks are all <laughs> over our Twitter saying, well, where's the next one? Well, Wave 2 for 2022 is coming soon, coming in the next couple of weeks, as a matter of fact probably in the next couple of days. But when it does come in, that's when we'll show it to you. But at the same time, we're going to give you a little tease of what you can expect in 2022 Wave 2 NASCAR Authentics 164 scale cars. I'm just going to keep you people waiting. Drum roll. I'm like yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. That, <laughs> and so what we're going to do, we're going to, I'm going to give you a sneak peek at a couple of the cars that are going to be in this wave. And once I do that, I'm going to tell you uh, that we're going to give away some cool stuff, too, uh, with this project through our social media feeds. So stay tuned. And but first, let why don't we? We'll just go through the t three of the cars that will be in 2022 wave two. First one. Yeah. And yes, folks, this wave will have next gen cars in it. It will have the 2022 cup cars in this wave for the first time that you'll be able to get them at mass re retailers like Walmart. Uh, you will be able to get them there. First one, Daniel Suarez track house racing test car that we saw uh, from the preseason testing and our last year's testing with the next gen car. That track house racing test car will be part of this wave. Another test car that will be part of this wave, Brad Keselowski's RFK racing test car. Uh, no, we've shown the 24 scale off on our social media feeds and everything like that. No one's seen the 64 scale yet, but you'll be able to get it at Walmart stores coming soon. Now, the next non-test car that you can get in wave two, Kevin Harvick's gear wrench Ford Mustang. That black and orange car was uh, really sporty anytime it hits the racetrack. And that will be available in 2022 NASCAR Authentics wave two. You want to know what the rest of them are? Wait patiently. Because we're going to show them off on our social media feeds. You're and, so mean, Matt. Yeah, I, I am. But but that's not to say, okay, there's three of them. For Dale. Correct. <laughs> yes. Do, do you, Everything we do, we do it for Dale. I was going to say, how can you not say that? <laughs> so what we want you folks to do is now that you're listening to this show on, on uh, whether it's whatever your favorite podcast uh, platform is, we want you to go to our social media feed, share the post that shares this link uh, for the show. So every week that we do a show, we kind of promote on social media that it's now available. We want you to share that. And with that share, we want you to tell us what you think the other cars in this wave are going to be. Once you've done that, we will go through, when we actually announce the wave in the next couple of days and weeks, we will go through and we will pick someone who does what we ask, 
submit your favorite or which ones you think will be in this wave, as well as uh, share this post. And you can win some cool diecast prizes. We'll give away a couple of uh, free diecast to you folks uh, for doing that. So again, just share the post. Let us know what diecast you think will be in this wave two for NASCAR Authentics 164 scale diecast. And uh, we will randomly select a couple of folks to win some cool prizes. So definitely do that. Uh, we encourage you to share this post uh, and uh, have some fun with this as well. For those who will inevitably ask, Matt. Yes. Are they just saying one car that they think will be in the wave or all the rest of the cars? I want to hear all of them. All of them? Uh, yeah. All right. Yep. And how many will that be for those who don't know? Ten. Beautiful. Ten. Well, nine. There's ten total. Ten total. Plus a chase. Yes. Yeah. So nine plus a duplicate car. Do you That'll get be a the liquid bonus color. if you get the chase piece right? I'll tell you what. If you nail all ten of them, I'll send you this wave. Not going to happen. If? Okay. Am I allowed to guess? <laughs> Not if you work here. Right. And you've seen the list. Yes. Yeah, you have it in front of you. I'm pretty sure that doesn't count. Dang it. But if you nail all 10 cars, and I will... And don't participate under, like, Marlene Carginian. Right. Right? Yes. I'll have a dog as my icon photo. We will properly vet anybody who does this. So, you know, employees and relatives of employees and family and all that stuff. Significant others. Correct. Our dogs even. Uh, you know, we see plenty of people on our Twitter feed who's... Profile pictures are dogs, uh, and they're very mean. Which Angry is golden retrievers. Yeah, it's, it's scary sometimes. But we will uh, if you if you nail them all before. What's today? The twenty eighth. Let's say twenty eighth. Yeah. So we'll give you a couple of days because by then somebody might leak. Yeah, it's not going to leak out. But if it does, uh, I'll say by August, or July July first. If by July first you nail all ten cars. I'll send you the wave. And the first one to do it, maybe there's a couple of people that do it. The first one that does it, I'll send you the whole wave. How's that? That sounds good to me. Okay. Um, I'm excited. This is going to make my week so entertaining. Yes. This will keep you busy monitoring our Twitter. And let's just do this on Twitter, folks, too. Uh, It's just easier to keep track of hashtags. So when you make your submission, uh, use hashtag uh, authenticated fan. I guess you could do uh, any of the platforms. It's all good. Just do them all. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I don't know what else. Do you get on. multiple entries if you do it on multiple platforms? See, I'm, I'm just trying to make people happy. Now we're going to get into I'm rules. I'm telling you, we're going to get these questions. Just submit. If they get it right, yes. I'll be shocked. Then, it, then if, it is what it is. If they yeah. get all 10 and the first one to do it, we'll just get the wave. Beautiful. Anybody else who shares and submits any number of them, we'll randomly pick two of them and send them some die cast. Sweet. I like it. Okay. Now I know what to keep track of. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And if you uh, if you're confused, because we probably confused you, because we just kind of made it up as we go, uh, <laughs> just reach out to us on social media and keep Carlene busy answering your questions. I'll be so. more than happy to answer you. Yeah. So uh, let's ha- let's have some fun with that. So again, there's going to be uh, nine cars plus the liquid color chase piece in this wave. So if you nail all ten, then uh, you you deserve to get this wave in your mailbox and so. go play the lottery. And, yeah. Exactly. And featured on our social media. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Uh, we will definitely make sure that you are the uh, the swami of diecast. <laughs> uh, what was that? Karnak? Wasn't that the John yeah. Carson thing? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so have some fun with that. Uh, and it'll be cool because I think this wave is going to be pretty exciting for a lot of folks because you're finally going to get those NASCAR next-gen cars at your mass retail And locations. most of the test cars, I believe, are not offered in 64 scale anywhere else. Correct. So the mm-hmm. only place you can get them is Walmart or Target. It's in the 
Yep. Yes. And there will be no further hints, too. We're not going to tell you that there's X amount of test cars, X amount of, you know, on-track cars. Right. Truck, Arca. We're not going to tell you. So there. This is awesome. Deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's what we got going on at Lionel Racing. Uh, Lots of cool stuff to come. Lots of cool stuff in the rear view, too. Um, But uh, no matter what, we've got a... Some pretty exciting times over here at Lionel Racing. We hope the fans are just as excited about these diecast as we are to bring them to you. But we're going to wrap things up here in just a quick second and uh, talk about our favorite things in the week that was in NASCAR. Coming up next on Lionel. What? We have a hand up. Yes, Mar- yes, Miss Marginian. And that's what's popping with Lionel Racing. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Great tagline. It's a thing. we got to come up with a theme song. There is that TikTok song. I don't know what it's called. Wasn't that a Jack Harlow song? Yes. 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 I actually knew something. (laughs) I'm impressed. Yes. And it's only because my wife has become addicted to TikTok and my (laughs) seven-year-old daughter now does TikToks on my wife's account. Oh, my. And um, that... Those songs just play in my driveway yeah. constantly as they're recording them. And there's a 14-year-old girl who lives across the street that's, you know, all about TikTok. So that's all that those girls do constantly. And it's obnoxious and... Um, now our TikTok feed is badass. It is is amazing. Uh, but listening to girls giggle and listen to those songs is a bit much, but you need Jack Harlow. So I I did. Yes. Yes. So maybe I'm not as uncool as I thought I was. (laughs) You're pretty hip. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. On that note, we will wrap things up here in just a second on authenticated. Before we let you go for this episode of Authenticated, we've got to go around the room and talk about our last lap highlight of the week. Whatever we thought was the coolest thing in the week that was in NASCAR racing or diecast industry as a whole. And to uh, kick things off there, let's go with Carleen first. What was your last lap highlight of the week? Wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Um, no, so my last lap highlight of the week actually technically happened last week uh, is the Kyle Busch five pack that we just got in his Xfinity sweep from last year. I know a lot of people have been waiting for it. Um, So many people on social were wanting to see photos of it, videos, what have you. Um, It's finally in our store. It's online. We are sold out. And I think circle B is sold out too. Um, But the packaging looks so cool. The cars being raced versions raced how do I want to say this? Race win versions. Yes. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, of the 164, it all in all just was such a cool set. Um, I'm a big fan. So that is going to be my last lap highlight. That's a good one. Yeah. And, and Thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> no judgment. I wouldn't have said if yes. it was bad, but that's a really oh. good one. There we go. And, and, and the packaging is good. One of the photos, I think it's the Atlanta win, the NBC kind of cameraman got, got in the shot. So that gave me an idea. I want to do like a photo flip book we talked about yeah. earlier in the show. I want to do a flip book, uh, like, yeah, flip book of all of the great victory lane shots that that cameraman has ruined. <laughs> Every, is it the same one? It, it's the same is guy. Is it ruined or is it better because he's in it? <laughs> if, if that guy's sole job is to... Photobomb victory Photobomb lane. all of, all, all of the we race We should get victory. him on the podcast. Yeah, we should. Like, dude, why are you there? But <laughs> well, clearly he has a job to do and, that is not concerning cor- ours. Correct. <laughs> like, and, and I'm fairly confident it's the same guy for Fox and NBC. I think he must work, work for Probably, NASCAR. Yeah. You know, NASCAR Digital yeah. or something like that. 
Um, but one <laughs> of the shots that we used, because it was literally the only shot that we could use that showed Kyle in the car, has the dang cameraman right in the middle of the shot. <laughs> That's so uh, that, that's going to be kind of a summer project. Go through all of the race wins and the great burnout shots this that we've dude. gotten from our camp, from our great, you know, this is not, a, this is great work uh, from our CIA photography cameras in action. They do great job with photos. They can't help when people walk into their shot. Um, but, and it's not just them. Every photographer gets the same shot that the dang video guy is right in the middle for. So that might be a fun project to do. Just see how many great shots and that guy's who ruined. is it? Yeah, he's going to be like, you know, some mystery guy. Like, we need to talk to he's him. He's low-key famous now. Yeah, he really is. Hey, hey, your butt's in every single one of our photos. Congratulations. You know, you got the <laughs> most famous backside in NASCAR. Um, and on that note. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us how you really feel, I, Matt. I, I, I can't think of a better transition than that one, that so moments. let's just go with it. Michelle, what was your last lap highlight? I have two, actually. Overachiever? So, uh, no. Mm-hmm. It's just been so long since I've been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is you guys shared, I think it was last week, on social media, on Twitter and our different channels, um, photos of the plastic um, models we recently received of our new trucks. So um, the next step in the tooling process or the latest step was getting the plastic models of each manufacturer of our trucks, the Ford, Toyota, and Chevys, and they looked really great. And we had the um, OEMs or the manufacturers look at those because they need to approve the models before we cut steel. So Ford, Chevy, and Toyota did approve those. They had just very minor changes. And so we have um, let the factory know what those are, and they have made those adjustments. And so now we are cutting steel, which means we are making the tools for the Ford, Toyota, and Chevy trucks, which is awesome news. So that means that once we have tools, we can start producing these suckers. So um, that's very exciting because we have a lot of trucks to make mm-hmm. for this year for yes, race wins do. and different things like that. So I'm more excited about those. And I think that they looked really good. Yeah. Like the models came in looking great. Oh, so. it got received super well across all yeah. social. So once the tools are made, we get what we call first shots out of the tools. So we want to make sure that, you know, the first thing out of the new tool looks good in case mm-hmm. we need to make any adjustments and then we'll go to production on that. So, yep, really exciting stuff. Oh, and then I had another one. Yes, you did. So this is also exciting. Like you might... I am a woman of a certain age, so my memory is whatever. So We're um, all a certain age. I know. Well, a certain, certain age. So um, we actually received our very first paint scheme for 2023, which, I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, the the next season begins in the summer. So, but we have that in-house. It is confidential, so I can't tell you what team or who it is, but um, we're already gearing up for Daytona next year, which is crazy to say because we haven't even had the second Daytona race of this year yet, but we do have our first 2023 paint scheme. Right. Which is good because, you know, we hear from fans, we we're in the same boat. There was such a late start on paint schemes for 2022 because right. there were so many changes with the actual car itself. And then because nobody really knew where the number was going to be. Yeah. And, and things honestly, like that. we were in really good shape for the most part right. with the tooling there was just all this back and forth, and not to say it was anybody's fault, but no. with the number placement and all of that. And then there were some tweaks to the tooling at the end. So, you know, all of that together right. put us really behind the eight ball. And the teams were behind the eight ball with their paint schemes because they didn't know Correct. how to design the art for their paint schemes. Right. And so then we didn't get it till really late. So now that we're not going through that this year, yeah, we should be getting paint schemes right. in a decent amount of time. Yeah, and... There have been teams that are, are, are 
are already working on 2023, yes. where at this point last year, they didn't, nobody was. Nobody, they didn't know what to do. It, it wasn't even on their radar at this point yeah. last year. Um, you know, the, the new car, it's still kind of crazy when you think about it, like how late of a start everybody in the industry got on this, you know, on the 2022 season when the next-gen cars were technically supposed to be on track in 2021. Oh, my gosh. We're supposed to be in year two of the next-gen car, you know, from the original conceptualization. I don't even see how that could have happened at this point. They were putting cars on racetrack, and they might, you know, all things equal, they probably shouldn't have even been next-gen cars at Los Angeles because nobody had parts, nobody had spare cars, nobody had anything, you know what I mean? Everybody was still far behind. It's crazy how it all came together. Right, and... You know, kudos to every, you know, NASCAR and everybody. You're not hearing those same stories anymore oh, about, no, no. you know, guys being behind the eight ball and all that stuff anymore. So everybody's caught up. It just, uh, you know, it was just a late start to that game. But it's uh, it's it's a really cool time. Uh, really exciting to see what's going to happen in 2023 because uh, it's right around the corner. Scary as that is. Uh, my last lap highlight is going to be the return of Dale Jr., to a late model stock car. I am super pumped up about that. Uh, I'm pumped up to see Dale Jr. get behind the wheel of any race car. And, you know, that one Xfinity race that he runs a year, always cool stuff. The fact that he's going to go back short track racing to late model stocks, and that's kind of where he started, you know, this Mm -hmm. whole racing process uh, was at late model stocks. He's going to, and to do it of all places, North Wilkesboro. Oh, that's just so cool. Like uh, August 30th and 31st, uh, the return of the car, the cars tour, um, late model stock cars will be racing at North Wilkesboro. Dale Jr. will be in there. I hope he runs for JRM. I don't think they actually said yet. <laughs> That's just being silly. Of course, he's going to run for JRM. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, now I will say that if he runs for JRM and Josh Berry's in the same race, he probably yeah. will finish second because Josh will win. Um, but uh, uh, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. It, it, it'll be fun to see North Wilkesboro reopen because I know they've got modified races there. They've got a bunch of stuff going on. And then a couple weeks after the pavement races, they're going to tear up the pavement and put some dirt on there and uh, have some dirt races. Um, we've talked about it on the show before. North Wilkesboro reopening is great for everybody, and it was really cool. I think the Kyle Busch Toyota Sponsor Fire commercial that I started seeing this week um, was filmed at North Wilkesboro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there, you know, now that that place is getting spruced up a little bit, it's under the SMI uh, banner, and, you know, it's being used for more things now. It, it's only good things. So, uh August 30th, 31st, uh, if you're planning on going to North Wilkesboro, definitely bring your Dale Jr. gear and uh, have some fun out there because uh, I'm going to go. I'll, if, if, Look for Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you really want to hear this obnoxious guy on the podcast and you want to meet him in person, I'll be there on the 31st. So uh, come on down. So um, <laughs> uh, on that note, we will finish things up here on Authenticated. As always, if you liked uh, what we talked about, have any questions about what we talked about or uh, – uh, want to get in on kind of the thing, the conversations that we're having, definitely use our hashtag authenticated fan to get involved on all the things that we've got going on on this show. And uh, we want to give a, a quick little update too. We probably should have done this earlier in the show, but our offices as well as our Lionel Racing Call Center will be closed the week of July 4th. We're going to take the Independence holiday uh, company-wide and uh, take a little bit of time off. But uh, as soon as we get back into the office after that uh, 4th of July week, We'll be hard at it. We will have yeah. all kinds of diecasts ready to send out. We, we, you know, and LionelRacing.com will be open through that entire time. So definitely place your order and all the that. The retail store will be open too. Retail yeah. store at Concord Mills will remain open. So uh, different parts of our company will remain operational, but our, at least our offices and, and a lot of our day-to-day operations will be taking the week off. But 
again, lionelracing.com, our retail store, definitely plenty of ways to get those die cast ordered and uh, in your hands as well. So on that note, for Carlene and Michelle, I am Matt. Appreciate everybody joining us here on Authenticate, and we will talk to you on the opposite side of the Independence Day holiday right here on the show. Follow Lionel Racing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and use hashtag AuthenticatedFan. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.